There is no God like our God. Amen? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Again, I apologize for my voice today. <clears throat> squeaker than normal. <clears throat> a, a few weeks ago, I received some notes from some kids in class. I think it was a Sunshine Express class of small children. Nonetheless, I, from time to time, teachers will get their kids to send me notes and and I keep them, I, I promise you. I have a desk drawer just full of different cards and letters and notes. And uh, I have one that is a, a bad letter that I, I keep. Uh, someone didn't sign it, but I read it anyway. And um, I've always kept that. Um, Marvin Phillips always told me if somebody sends you a letter and they don't sign it, just rip it up. Look for a signature first. But I read that, that was years ago. And. Um, so I've kind of kept that to kind of keep me in check, I guess, once in a while. But nonetheless, um, I receive these notes from these kids, and they're always encouraging. They're like, you know, you thanks and do all these things or whatever. But my favorite of all times, uh, I received these past couple of weeks, and it simply said these words. It says, thank you for being our sermon. And I, I, thought, I, I looked at that and I just chuckled a little bit. Thank you for being our sermon. Not preaching our sermon or bringing sermons, but being our sermon. And I thought, wow, that is a great compliment. And it just floored me and I was just uh, taken by that. And I have it on my desk still. It's, it's right there so I can see it. That, that I just look at that. And I, 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 I thought about that and I was thinking to myself, you know, that's what we are. We're sermons that people see. We as Christians are these sermons that the world sees. The question is, what do they see, isn't it? All right, life is wild, God is good is the theme for this year's Vacation Bible School. Had some other things that I was planning for this week and, and kind of got sick and, you know, just wasn't feeling that well or whatever, but nonetheless... I wrote some things down to kind of set the stage for myself to kind of prepare a message like this. How do you do that? Well, I asked the question is, when you think of God, what comes to mind? And of course, I had my answers, but I asked you this morning, when you think of God, what comes to mind? Not the right answer that someone say, oh, that's perfectly right. That's the only one that can be right. No, what's the answer that you give when someone asks about God? How do you, what comes to mind when you think of God? The scripture says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so what we think of God is within us, every single one of us. I've heard a quote say it this way. It says, the problem with having all the answers to life is that it usually doesn't allow any questions. But the truth is, questions come when Life becomes wild. Anybody have a wild life every now and then? Something just comes out of the wild and strikes you? Something just jumps out and nabs you when you least expect it? It's there. Life is wild sometimes, isn't it? And for, in fact, if some of you were honest today, you would say right now, yeah, that's my life. It's wild. I'm finding myself in the wild for whatever reasons it might be. But you find yourself there, and we do as well. I've discovered that many times with the problems that we face in life, and oftentimes when I think of mine, almost all of them, they're a result of a distorted view that I have of God. It really comes from that heart 
of a distorted view of God. So just how good God is. Because you see, when I really think about what I might be going through in the wild, and I bring it back, and I just think about how good God is, it kind of takes all the other and sets it in perspective. Kind of sets it in a right order. Because my God is a good, good God. Give me an amen. Someone said, I know two things about God, and I would agree, and I've heard this many times. I know two things about God. There is a God, and I'm not Him. And that's what we need to know going through our lives. Our view of God is a huge impact and has a huge impact in our lives and people around us as well. So what is your view of God? Is He just a God that shows up on a Sunday morning when we worship together here, and then when we leave, it's something else? Or when I'm in trouble, I'm in the wild, I can call out to God, and God might rescue me this time. Perhaps He will. I sure hope so. Or is He a God that you put on a shelf? You only use Him now and then? Only take a vitamin when you think you're getting a, <laughs> a sinus infection? How big is your God? I could ask that question a hundred times. How big is your God? How big is he? How big is your God? Those are important questions for all of us. And we give answers to those throughout our lives. We give answers to, to, to the world around us about how big our God is. I promise you, your co-workers and your family members know exactly how big your God is. The question is, do you? Do you know how big your God is? How good your God is? Those are important questions as we make this journey together in life. Everyone has some kind of perspective of God. The atheist does, so don't believe in God. The skeptic, eh, I'm not really sure. Maybe, maybe not. But the Christian, the Christian, we have views of God, do we not? I mean, Christians, we worked really hard for hundreds of years. We've worked real hard to try to explain God. We have seminaries, we have um, all kinds of literature. We have uh, vacation Bible school. We have all these things that are at our fingertips, if you will, to try our best to explain God, to understand God a little better. But even with all the knowledge, I say, we have barely scratched the surface of who God is. Throughout all of these years of mankind, we have just scratched the surface of who God really is. But boy, for sometimes, we really think we got him figured out. Boy, oh boy, I mean, we've got him, we've got him for sure this time. You ever try to figure God out and figure out that you didn't figure God out? Well, I have. How does a limited mind understand an unlimited God? How does that work? omnipotent, omnipresent. We are not. He is. How does a finite, temporary being understand one that is an eternal being? How does one that has a birth and a death come to understand one that has no beginning and no ending, Alpha and the Omega? How can we even jump on the wagon? We can't put God in a box, although some try to do. He likes this, doesn't like that. He likes this color, doesn't like that color. He likes three songs in a prayer, not two songs in a prayer. You ought to do it right. 
He likes stained glass, but he doesn't like stained glass. Which one is right? We try to put God in a box. That's what the Pharisees did. They tried to put God in a box. And God said, hello, I'm right here. But yet we try. If we could understand everything there was to know about God, you know what we would be? We would be God. But remember, I know two things. There is a God and I'm not him. Give me an amen. Okay. Just want to make sure you don't think that you are. All right. The Bible tells us that the greatness of God is demonstrated in nature. In the wonder of his creation, we discover God. Isn't that something? The wonder of his creation. God's purpose for the wonder of his creation is to give us proof that he exists. So that no one has an excuse. No one. Do you know that? It wasn't, he, he didn't have to paint the, the trees green. It could all have just been one big bland color. It could have just been all flat land. It could have been all just Oklahoma. But he didn't do that. He gave us these beautiful sunsets and beautiful sunrises and all the mountains and all the, the, the beauty of the redwoods and the, and the Grand Canyon and all the other things for us to see to prove to us that God exists. How do I know that? Because Scripture tells me that, Romans. Look at it. It says, from the time the world was created, God created the heavens and the earth, give me an amen. amen. So from the time the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky and all that God made. They can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power, His divine nature. So they have no excuse whatsoever for not knowing God. We know God, but we don't know God. We see God in our sunset, and we see God when we see the sunrise, and we, we see that, and it's held at the right distance so we don't get scorched or we don't freeze to death. And so we stand amazed, and there's no excuse for anyone not to know there's a God. So he gives us all of his creation to prove that he exists. Dr. Burrell, a professor in a Bible college, said it this way. He said, your view of God is the most important view you have. Think about it. He said, and to the extent your view of God is distorted, to that extent your life is out of focus. And when I read that, I was like, wow, i got to read that again. Dyslexia, you know, you might read it wrong. So I read it again. And so basically, to me, it says, if your view is distorted, your focus will be as well. Years ago, I had, uh, I've worn glasses since I was about, about third, fourth, fifth grade, something like that in school. Didn't know I needed them, but whatever, we have them. And I remember the black rim glasses, they're real popular now. Back then, they were really goofy looking. But nonetheless, I remember, I remember many years ago now that I, I had a pair of glasses I really liked, and I just wore them, wore them, wore them, wore them all the time. And probably five, six, six years, maybe longer than that, I didn't get an eye checkup. Anybody do that? And then, so I finally went and got an eye checkup. And you know when you sit in that chair and the doctor goes, is that better? Is that better? Is this better? Is that better? This better, that better. And finally, when it comes into focus, you know what? I discovered that I was missing things in life. I could see that zit on my nose. I said, give me my old glasses back. I was amazed by just slipping the glasses on how well I could see. 
I thought I could see perfectly. But it wasn't 2020. And so if your view of God is distorted, your vision is also going to, of God is going to be, your focus is going to be out of focus, if you will. David, the psalmist in 139, Psalms 139, and we'll get there in just a few minutes, but he, just, he declares God and describes God's goodness and his love and, and, and describes ooh, just this good stuff of God probably better than anyone else in all of Scripture. Makes no excuses for it. He just tells it like it is, and that's what I love about that. But in all of this, we have, have you ever been around anybody that is a know-it-all? Go ahead and poke somebody next to you. A, a know-it-all? Well, God is a true, the true know-it-all. How do we know that? Well, in 1 John chapter 3, it says, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Not some things, some of the things, a few things. I have a good friend of mine that knows just about everything about everything. And really, it, it's, I mean, there's very few things that I've ever asked him about that he didn't just have this encyclopedia in his head. You know somebody like that? Now, I know people that think they have that in their head, but they're not really there. It's an encyclopedia for dummies, you know what I'm saying? So, that's me. <laughs> but he's really good at that. But he's not near what God is. He's a true know-it-all. So has it ever occurred to you, I write, has it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurs to God? That nothing ever occurs to God? Huh, never thought about that one, son. Hmm. Well, there's another star. wonder what we'll name it. God doesn't sit around and think, oh, well, I don't know what's happening. Not God. So if you look at it, he's a know-it-all. He's kind of like your teenager, isn't he? Yeah. Someone said it this way. He says, well, that was just a joke, but nonetheless, <clears throat> those of you that have teenagers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you teenagers, when you become parents some days, you'll know exactly what they're talking about. Someone said it this way. He said, that, that is why the secret sin on earth is open scandal in heaven. Everything's laid bare before God. So what we think is in secret in our closets, our secret closets, our secret, secret closets, you have one. I guarantee you got one in there. Now, you may have cleaned it out recently, and that's a good thing, but I guarantee you got one. But in heaven, they're wide open. That's kind of spooky, isn't it? Oh, man, God sees all that? Yeah, he does. Because he's God. Now, Abraham Lincoln has the say, said the saying this, and you all know it. It is, you can fool some of the people all of the time, and you can fool all the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. The only thing I would add to that is you can't fool God any of the time. Because God is God. All-knowing. But understanding that God's knowledge is not just intellectual. It's not just about the stars and the earth and everything running around and doing all of that. It's not just about that. And this is the great part because this is where we come in. It becomes now personal. God just didn't fling the stars and the sun and everything else into existence and spin the earth and then throw a bunch of people on there and says, have at it. 
Good luck with that. God loved us so much that he wanted a personal relationship with us. That is awesome. To think that God, the creator of all things, would have and want to have a relationship with little old me. You could live 10,000 lifetimes and God would know you better than you know yourself. God knows all things. God gave his son so that you and I could have a relationship with him. Do you have that relationship? Have you accepted that relationship with him? The one that made it all wants you as a child of his. That just, any time I'm feeling like, whoa, it's me, that's the one I go to, is that God chose me. Fascinates me that he would choose someone like me. Look at Psalms 139. Let's see if that's true or not. David writes here, You have searched me, O Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going in, my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Before your mind can think it, to send it to your vocal cord, to send it out your mouth, God already knows it completely. And even if it doesn't make it from your mind to your vocal cord to your mouth, God already knows it completely. Did you catch that? He knows you completely. That's amazing. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're feeling. He knows your fear. He knows your motive. He knows your concerns. He knows your dreams. He knows your plans. He knows your hurt. He knows your pain. He knows your sorrow. He knows your confusion. He knows your doubts. He knows everything there is in you right now. That's a pretty awesome God. Don't you think? I do. He knows all things. Trying to understand a segment of the universe is all we can do. The scientists are doing it all the time. Look in a big telescope, send something up into space. This week they found some more planets. Where'd those planets come from? You think God is up there going, wow, there's another one. No matter how many we find, God knows them. And we find galaxy after galaxy of stars after stars of billions of stars. And from the moment God said, let there be light, and it all comes about because there's never stopped being light because God spoke it. And gets this about my God. Those scientists, those people that check all this stuff, whatever the terminology their name is or whatever, they're going to look at that and they're going to start naming stars. They're going to name them. But there's too many to name. It's impossible for them to name them. Did you hear me? It's impossible for man to name all the stars. We got a few of them. Which one do you know? The sun. Which one do you know? The north. <laughs> Very good, right? But catch this. God not only put them in, slung them into existence, he calls them by name. There's not one out there he's saying, what do you think, Jesus, Martha? No, where he got that one, Martha Jr.? Okay. Notice what it says. Go ahead and put that one up. Psalms 147. He determines the number of stars. Man doesn't. 
Man just discovers them. He determines them, and he calls them each by name. That's an amazing God. That's the God that wants to have a personal relationship with you. If he knows the stars by name, do you think he has any problem with your name? I don't think so. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Period. That's it. Said and done. In the beginning, God created. Give me an amen. That in and of itself should cause us to have enough wind beneath our wings to carry us through another week. A month, a year, a lifetime. The Lord searches you. He knows you. Out of 6.5 or 7 billion people on planet Earth, He knows you inside and out. Listen closely. He knows me completely, He says. He knows my good. He knows my bad. My not so good. He knows my bad. And yes, He even knows my sin. Let me say it this way. Because you do need to know. Many of you might already know that our grandson Langston and his girlfriend of three years is going to have a baby. Now, you need to know that we do not condone sin and never will. However, Don and I, we will continue to love our grandson and our great-grandbaby because we believe that God is not finished with them yet, and Don and I believe that great things are in the future because we have a great big God, a good, good God that will see them through. Period. You can't convince me that he's not a good, good God. I don't care how wild life gets. Can't do it. When I walked around in the uh, foyer even this morning, I was thinking about individuals and would never try to leave anyone out, of course. But when I see some of you walking around here, I know that you believe in that good, good God. You can't convince John and Faith right there that there's not a good, good God. You can't convince us thinking about Jill Shirler. The whole entire Shirler family, you can't convince her. Every Bible class she teaches, you can't convince her that she's not, there's not a good, good God. You can't convince Joe Rao back there there's not a good, good God. You can't convince Steve Davis right there there's a good, good God. Michael Porter there's a good, good God. Joy Atkins is a good, good God. Are you on the list? You, we got a good, good God. And God knows everything about us. I find it fascinating. Donna had a heart procedure done a while back. She's doing great, and we're praising God for that. But it's a long-term, it's a long-term process. And a 45-minute procedure turned into four and a half hours. And anyway, the doctor said these words, and you may have heard this if you've sat around people that have had surgery. The doctor said these words. He said, when we get in there, we'll know a little more what's going on. Anybody hear that? When we get in there, we'll know a little bit more of what's going on. Well, let me tell you, God knew what was going on before the doctor got in there. He didn't need an x-ray, an MRI. He didn't need any of that fancy equipment that we've made. God already knew what was in her heart. Because he's the one that makes it beat, and he's the one that's going to make it stop. Period. Because he's a good, good God. How do I know that? All right, let's read some more. 
Scripture's got to back up what I say. If it doesn't, you don't need to be here. You don't need to listen to me. Psalms 139, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Let me stop right there and say something really important. If you read this verse as a Christian, and you believe that verse is true, that God knit me together in my mother's womb, then it has to be wrong if we try to unknit what God has knitted. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. This week a baby was born, 8.6 ounces, not 8 pounds, 6 ounces, 8 point six ounces I do not know whether it will survive it may have already passed all its fingers its eye everything going on and it has a soul just like you and I do and God will determine that heartbeat or if it stops and God will take care of that in due time it's amazing that God sees all of that unformed body of ours all the days, not some of the days, but all of the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. He knows exactly. Tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. In all our lives. God knows everything about you. And he realizes that life is wild. Oh, yeah. If you're a parent or a grandparent, you know life can get pretty wild. If you're married, you know life can get pretty wild. If you're an elder, you know life can get pretty wild. If you're a preacher, you know it can get really, really wild. You're a school teacher, it gets wild. And the list goes on and on. Don't want to leave anybody out except the lawyers. Okay, let's go. <clears throat> you see, I don't always feel that way, Harley. That life is wild, okay, but he wants us to remember that he's good. So if life is wild, sometimes it is, give me an amen. I don't like it either, but if it is, God wants us to remember in the wild of life that he's still good. So, you say, I don't feel that sometimes, Harley. I, I feel as though all hell is breaking loose. You're right. We don't feel that sometimes. But I want you to know that is absolutely normal because you're human. You're not God. Remember, two things. There is a God and you're not God. I go through those days too. But I have to ask myself when I go through those moments, and here's a really good one for you. When I go through those moments, this is what I try to remember after I go, like you do. I have to ask myself, do I not feel it because it isn't true? Or because I have failed to remember what really is true about me? When I go through those days, Satan is trying to say, God doesn't love you. God doesn't love you. God doesn't love you. That's what Satan is wanting us to 
to believe. When life gets wild, when, when, when news comes that we don't want, Satan's wanting us to say or hear, God doesn't love you, God doesn't love you, God doesn't love you. What we have to do is we have to stop and we have to pause. And in the name of Jesus, name above all names, we need to tell Satan to go back to hell where he belongs. Because I know better. If my God is all-knowing and my God is all-true and if my God says he loves me, then God loves me. And I praise him for that. Is it really true that God doesn't love me? Of course not. He loves you. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? David said, my help comes from the Lord. That's what God wants us to do when the life gets wild because that's exactly what David did. Look at his life. Riddled one after another. Man after God's own heart. Riddled with all kinds of stuff. Slept with another man's wife. Got her pregnant, had him killed. His children were whatever. Over and over. What did he do? He always came back to the center and said, where does my help come? Where does my help come? Because see, any of those moments, it could have been, we read of David and David fell away from God and God toasted him. No. What happened was, if you look back, that's what happened to Saul. It doesn't say Saul was a man after God's own heart. It says David was. What's he say about you? As tough as life gets, and sometimes he gets pretty tough, we have to choose where we will allow our minds to focus. The wildness of life or the goodness of God? Wildness of life, goodness of God. Wildness of life, goodness of God. See, what happens in the wildness of life, oftentimes, you know what the reason why we focus on it? Because it's real loud. It's real loud and everybody sees it. The scripture says that we must think on what is true, what is right, what is noble. Philippians 4, 8. I know it's one of Jim's favorites. I want to think on how, how, how he loves me. How he loves me. How he loves me. That he created me and I am loved by him. And he has a book and my name is in the book. My name is in the book. When we feel like a nobody going nowhere in a wild, wild world and life seems to be running wild on us, may we remember the fact that you and I are each a somebody. We are a somebody who God wants to take somewhere on this incredible journey if we will let him. Yes, it is true that life is wild, but never forget that God is a good, good God, not some of the time, but all of the time. Give me an amen. Almost finished. Hang on. In the past few weeks, I've had the privilege of individuals, at least three that I encountered, and actually I remembered a fourth one this morning, but nonetheless, individuals that called me and wanted or came by and wanted to just visit with me. And they weren't coming by because of the pressing something in their life. They didn't come by for a counseling session, no. They just wanted to come by and tell me how good God is in their life. And each time as they began to share with me. You hear me often say, let me brag about my God. Hear me say that? Because I love to brag about my God. 
How could I not brag about my God? Paul said, if I'm going to boast, who am I going to boast about? Me? No, 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 no. Well, that's what they, each of these individuals did. They wanted to brag about God in their life. And I, find it, I found it fascinating and wonderful. And as I listened to their stories unfold, I was touched in my heart, but my heart, my spirit was filled with complete joy, an overwhelming joy for them of how that in their lives there was be, no, beyond a shadow of a doubt, they had tapped into the great goodness of God. They had tapped into it. And it did me good. So here's the question as we end today. Have you tapped into the greatness of God? Think about it, my friend. Young and old alike. Maybe you just need to think about how good, how great He has been to you for just a minute. He loves you. He loves you and He sent His Son to redeem you. How great is our God. He offers you and me eternal life, no matter how wild it might be for us. How great is our God. He promises that He would never leave you, no matter how wild your life became. How great is our God. By His stripes we are healed. How great is our God. You and I don't have to walk in fear any longer because we will, He will care for us in our time of need and the wildness of our lives. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Everybody stand up. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Listen, folks, whatever you're at and wherever you're at and whatever wildness you might be encountering right now, God wants you to know right where you're at that He's here for you. We're here for you. Whatever your need is, we're going to sing this song a little bit. You let your spirit connect with his spirit. We're right here for you. If you come, someone will come and pray with you. I promise you won't come alone today. But listen to the spirit. The God, the creator of all life is speaking. Will you hear his voice today? Don't wait another day. Come today. If it's need of baptism, come today. If it's need of repentance, come today. If it's need of just praising, come today. If it's need of prayer and any concerns, come today. Because how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. Don't hesitate. Just feel that. That's God movement in your life. How can you not praise God, a God that gave His Son to save you? Come on, church, sing it out. Sing it again. How great. Come on, church, sing it. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will sing how great. 
How great is our God. We're not done yet. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will sing how great, how great is our God. Sing it again, folks. We're not done. Great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will sing how great, how great is our God. One more time, one more time. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. God bless you, sweetheart. She's going to pray with you right here. How great. You're still waiting. I know you are. Don't wait. Come on. How great. Sing it out. Think about it. He loves you, the God of the universe. Gave his son for you. Tell me my God is not a good God. You can't do it. How great is our God. One more time, I promise. One more time. Come on. How great. Think about it. Is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great. How great is our God. Be seated, please. You know, today what you're seeing here now is just elders and people that have come, and I'm not naming all these people, but I'm going to tell you, everyone that's up here, it doesn't matter if they've come to just serve the others and pray with the others, every one of these people need a hug from you today. Don't, don't leave without getting a hug. This is what church is all about. It's helping people in their time of need, the wildness of life or the goodness of life, because we have a good, good God. God doesn't get strung out on our wildness because he's a good, good God. I want to thank you today for listening. I want to thank you for praying in your spirit today. I feel more energized now than you can imagine. I love you so much. Donna loves you so much. We have been truly blessed. Father God, I just thank you for this church, this church family. For all that have come here today, I ask your blessing to be on them. May we never stop shouting about your goodness in our life, no matter how wild it might get. And for every person that came today with a need, Father, I pray that someone that's prayed with them, that that will come to pass in their life, that they'll see and they'll feel your presence. When they walk out of this place today, Father, may they know that there's a book and their name is in it. And if you're for us, no one can be against us. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. It's in him we believe. Amen and amen.